Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10 a.m. on 3CR Community Radio, 855 a.m. on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 179th program of Think Again. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. Firstly, just uh, a good new year, a good 2023 to all of you listeners. I uh, think we do deserve a little better year than the last three years or so which we went through, mm-hmm. but that's just my feeling. Today we're going back to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, although we wish we didn't need to. We've discussed this conflict in a number of programs last year, for example, in February, April, May and September. And you can go to the podcast if you need to listen again. (laughs) And as the conflict drags on, and the reporting about it has quite reduced to occasional bombings or the destruction of tanks or infrastructure... The general framing of the reporting about that conflict remains the same. They are, on the one hand, the innocent victims, the freedom-loving, democratic and brave Ukrainians, and on the other side, aggressive Russia, with often unwilling soldiers, though, and unwilling citizens who oppose the war and dictate to Putin. Yeah, so talking about propaganda... In reporting again and again, we see a dominant narrative of this being a straightforward goodies and baddies conflict, a simple or simple-minded, I might say, (laughs) heroes versus villains conflict. Uh, Us against the villains, of course, um, Putin and co, and with the heroes. Yeah. Yeah, with the Ukrainians, ably assisted by us, we, the other Democrats and freedom lovers. The West, led by the US. Led by the Mm. US. Mm. Yeah, no need to think or question or even wonder about it. It's just like a Marvel comic or or Marvel movie playing out in front of us. That's right. And forget the double standards and deceiving morality from our media and commentators. A lovely African saying is, how do you call uninvited bombarding of a country? An invasion, in the case of Russia a liberation in the case of the US, which comes from Kunstruken, an Africanist at the University of Ghent in Belgium. Mm. So in this program, we're going to challenge once more the idea of the US as the great defender of democracy for the world and try and sift through some of the propaganda about the war in Ukraine being all about the defence of democracy and freedom. Mm. In a culmination of that villains versus heroes rendition in the propaganda surrounding this conflict, we saw Ukrainian President Volodymyr Volodymyr, uh, Zelensky quickly flying to the US, being hugged and feted in Congress and named Time magazine's Person of the Year. Mm. This designation is not meant to necessarily endorse or approve the person who is so named, but the reasons for giving the prize to Zelensky are really rather telling. Yeah, like 
a cherry on the cake for a, a year of biased reporting and propaganda on Ukraine in the Western media it really was like a cherry on the cake. I think mm, that awarding mm. um, for Times Person of the Year to Zelensky at the end of 2022. According to Time magazine, okay, let's see why they award um, gave this award. According to Time magazine, the Person of the Year was designed quote, to capture the idea that fateful events on the global stage are shaped, for better and worse, by the talents, priorities, fears and foibles of individual human beings, unquote. So putting aside the individual cult aspect inherent in that statement, basically uh, Time Person of the Year is about influence on world events. So so far, so good. Actually, Putin was Time Magazine Person of the Year in 2007. (laughs) But why was President Zelensky in particular nominated Person of the Year by Time Magazine? To quote from the magazine, for proving that courage can be as contagious as fear, for stirring people and nations to come together in defence of freedom, for reminding the world of the fragility of democracy and of peace. Volodymyr Zelensky and the spirit of Ukraine are Time's 2022 Person of the Year, unquote. And Time um, also says... Zelensky has been laser-focused on keeping the world's eyes on Ukraine. The former entertainer understood innately that attention is the planet's most valuable currency and all but cornered the global market. He did this through meticulous image-building and repetition in his message. He was blunt, sometimes sarcastic, and always directly to the point – we must save Ukraine to save democracy, unquote. Yeah. So there's a lot of focus on saving democracy in that statement. Mm-hmm. And also Zelensky's use of the media and messaging, a perfect love match for myopic Western reporting on Ukraine, which we already talked about, by the way, on the 30th of September last year. So we thought we'd unpick this idea that the war in Ukraine is about the defense of democracy and about freedom, and more broadly the idea that the US is an active champion of democracy. So we'll go through Ukraine, to the international stage, and then finally have a look at the US domestically to Mm. test that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So first, the US defending democracy in Ukraine. We seem to have forgotten, many probably never even heard about the fact, that the US played a central role in the destabilizing and overthrowing of a democratically elected government in Ukraine in 2014, eight years ago, Mm. which quite directly has led to the current conflict. The West quite openly stirred up internal conflicts between ethnic Ukrainians and Russian-speaking Ukrainians, which we talked about in detail in May last year. The US deliberately intervened by ramping up the conflict in February last year, rather than supporting a peace agreement that had been established between the sides, known as the Minsk Agreements. Yeah, so... 
clearly Putin's or Russia's invasion of Ukraine was wrong and immoral and devastating for the Ukrainian people. But I guess, Jacques, our point is that Mm -hmm. the US actively intervened in Ukraine in opposition to any possible semblance of democracy. They they were active Mm. against democracy. Mm. Absolutely. The US was very involved in creating the preconditions for and actually generating this war. Indeed, it was the US that pressured the rest of NATO and against its solemn promises in the early 90s to not expand NATO by an inch. NATO now is practically surrounding Russia as it has incorporated an additional 50 nations after the disintegration of the USSR. So you have to wonder about the reason. Mm. So whilst Russia's invasion was wrong, one has to ask how much taunting and challenging a nation or its leadership, in this case Russia and Putin, should tolerate before responding militarily, especially as their calls to stop the NATO encroachment were ignored. Yeah, and actually there was a really good coverage of that Mm -hmm. in Alternative Radio on 3CR this morning, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, talked by John Mearsheimer, and he was talking about the US's um, pretty ruthless um, strategising to minimise world dominance, which we'll get on to in in our next point. But um, I guess I'd really like to emphasise, given the full-ranging coverage by our media of this Mm. villains versus heroes narrative Mm -hmm. that when you raise any of these points people will immediately look at you and say what are you on Putin's side Mm -hmm. which we're not so so that necessitates us really emphasizing that we're not excusing in any way Russia's invasion of Ukraine and we shouldn't have to say this but Mm -hmm. we do that's right Um, but, but what we're asking is where is our public discussion of the US's very active role in usurping any attempts toward democracy, actually undermining democracy mm-hmm. in Ukraine, let alone um, any notions of peace or freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, while we ponder that, let's go to a music break with Keep It True by Blue King Brown.
You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855am on your dial and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're again talking about the war in Ukraine, the US' central role in generating this conflict and the way the US seeks to safeguard its world dominance, often against any interest in democracy or peace. Before the break, we talked about the role the US has played in the war in Ukraine and its usurping of democratic processes there. So, secondly, as should be widely known on the international stage, the US has been usurping democracy for a long time, aiming for world dominance, political and economic dominance, rather than taking part as an equal part as an equal partner with other nations in decision-making processes and actions for a safe and peaceful future for all. Because that's the rhetoric which we often see being used. Of course, they could still use, the US could still use the United Nations institutions and processes in case they had reasons to complain or justifiably defend their interests, as we suggested in two recent programs in October and November last year. Mm. But looking at the US record on the world stage, this is what John Pilger told to Trondheim World Festival in Norway last September. And I quote, In my lifetime, and for Pilger it means since 1950, the United States has overthrown or attempted to overthrow more than 50 governments, mostly democracies. That's incredible. So I just want to stop there. Overthrowing Hmm. over 50 democracies. That's right. It has interfered in democratic elections in 30 countries, as far as we know, It has dropped bombs on the people of 30 countries, most of them poor and defenseless. It has attempted to murder the leaders of 50 countries. It has fought to suppress liberation movements in 20 countries, unquote, and that's just part of Pilger's speech. Yeah, and in in late November last year... um, I think it's worth also quoting from France's former ambassador to the United States, Gérard Arraud. He publicly, that's A-R-A-U-D, he publicly criticised Washington, saying the US frequently violates international law and that its so-called rules-based order, which it's always saying it's upholding, Mm -hmm is actually an unfair Western order. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's yeah. often also echoed, that kind of a saying of used based order, echoed in Australia. We yeah, have yeah. often heard it, yeah. Of course. Uh, and this was reported by Ben Norton in John Menadou's Pearls and Irritations, if people want to look that up. The dip, this top diplomat warned that the US is engaged in economic warfare against China. And that Europe is concerned about Washington's so-called containment policy of China. Because many European countries do not want to be forced to choose a camp in a new Cold War. Yeah, so to quote from the article, uh, Gérard Arrault, the former ambassador to the US, as I said, quote, condemned US diplomats for insisting that Washington must always be the leader of the world. I mean, there's not meant to be a leader Mm -hmm. of the world, really, is there? So um, So he condemned US diplomats for insisting 
that Washington must always be the leader of the world and stressed that the West should work with other countries in the global south on an equal basis in order to find a compromise with our own interests, unquote. <clears throat> Which, of course, is the approach our foreign minister, Penny Wong, seems to be taking, even while others in uh, the current Australian government head us toward our own intertwinement with US military expansion in our region. Mm. And have us delivering weaponry to Australia, to Ukraine, for yeah, example. The Bushmasters. That's right. Mm. And in recent and in recent travesty of the pretensions of the US to want to foster international democracy, it appears more than likely that it was the US which was behind the destruction of the pipelines bringing gas from Russia into Europe through the Baltic Sea late last year. Yeah, so so the destruction of those gas pipelines mm -hmm. from Russia into Europe, that's been blamed on Russia, mm -hmm. um, mostly in our media, media mm -hmm. too, um, or heavily suggested, mm -hmm. even though it wouldn't be in Russia's commercial interests at all to destroy the pipelines taking its own gas into markets in Europe. Mm, exactly. As Jonathan Cook wonders in his article, which he titled, Can Europe Afford to Turn a Blind Eye to Evidence of a U.S. Role in the Pipeline Blasts? Question, mm -hmm. question mark. The sabotage had devastating consequences for energy supply and the costs of energy for ordinary people, especially in Western Europe. But it translated into enormous financial gains for US, Canadian and Australia gas, gas frackers and providers. That gas you was meant... You were swearing then, Jacques. No, no, I wasn't. Not on radio. That gas was meant to fill the gap which was caused by the uh, by the devastation of the pipelines the russian pipelines and it was it had to be brought in by tankers in a multiple of the cost of the russian gas yeah so the russian gas that was being piped into europe's mm. been replaced by gas being right. shipped in from other countries Absolutely. and and uh, opening up other markets and the profits being shipped to those countries of course yeah mm. so and that goes also goes a long way to, uh, way to explain our own over-the-top gas prices in Certain. Australia, of course, because this new gas that's being provided is much more expensive that's than the fixed that's right. price and low-priced gas coming from Russia. Yeah, and internationally, our gas producers get the prices on the international market, which is much higher than providing it directly to yeah. uh, Australian consumers. Mm. So the sabotage of the pipelines had also tremendous ecological consequences through the release of global warming yeah, gases. Of course. And the broader political and economic context surrounding this yet again highlights the ways in which commercial interests large banks and financial speculators can and do trump the interests of the people. Mm. Interest democracy is supposed to protect and foster by involving people in key decisions affecting their lives. Mm. Avil Verbruggen from the University of Antwerp in Belgium concluded an essay he wrote which he titled Predatory Wars for Trillion US Dollars Oil and Gas rents. And he finalizes that big, big essay he wrote as follows, and I quote, in the perspective of conflicts and wars triggered by the US for excluding so-called hostile oil and gas supplies from the world market, Russia is the final nation 
with abundant resources to be boycotted by the USA axis. Hence, in the chain of predatory wars starting in 1980 with the invasion of Iran by Iraq with Western support, the Ukraine war is likely the final one. Yes. Unquote. Mm. So basically, Jacques, um, would you say the suggestion is that the US has been strategically eliminating energy competitors for some time now for its own economic as well as political dominance, um, which is connected across the globe. Again, I have to say exactly, that is yeah, it. That's the point. Uh, in addition, our third point is that rather than being a beacon of democracy and an example to the world, the US itself is looking more and more like a failed state. Yeah, or at least an imminently failing one, depending right. on how you define what a failing state exactly. is. Exactly. One wonders how the US can traipse around the world lecturing about democracy, given its own powerless and precarious state domestically. Yeah. Probably something to do with its hegemonic power and the hold it maintains over other countries for historical, political political, economic, ideological, cultural, and, of course, military reasons. Yeah, and in that hegemonic power, I guess we'd have to um, look at that for some explanation mm -hmm. of the total bias in our own media That's correct. Reporting, in mm. the reporting on Ukraine. So, mm. so I guess everyone's somehow conspires to hold up the lie about the US being the exemplar of democracy, even mm -hmm. when they know it isn't true, and even when political players in other countries know it isn't true. It's like a crowd pretending the emperor is wearing clothes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And particularly also we have that kind of a thing about conspiracies, uh, that conspiracies are just an invention. Actually, they probably are not. And I joined Michael Pascoe wondering about all of this in an article. Well, some, a in lot the of them are, Jacques. I have to say, a lot mm. of conspir conspiracies aren't true. But yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we have to be discerning about it. Yeah. When we're when we're talking about the strategizing right. of mm. bodies in power, commercial, political yeah. interests, mm. and right. the U.S. in its ongoing endeavour mm. to maintain mm -hmm. world dominance, mm. economic and political dominance. Yeah, that's right. They're anyway. the conspiracies you're referring to. Uh, so back to, however, the, the US internal situation. Michael Pascoe in the New Daily, he wonders about it uh, with an article which he titled America the Great, How the Decline of the US Will Affect Australian Policy. And he offers an astounding list of 12 major deficits in the US, which have been growing worse over time. And he concludes, and I quote, from an Australian point of view, continuing to surrender our foreign and defence policy to an increasingly unstable foreign power looks like madness. A country that doesn't care about its own people can't be relied on to care about us. The powerful interest controlling American policy will remain self-interested, unquote. Mm -hmm. To which we add the very recent publication by a Borderlands friend, Clinton, Professor Clinton Fernandez, former intelligence officer in the Australian Army and now Professor of International and Political Studies at the University of New South Wales. His book has the ominous title of, and I quote, Sub-Imperial Power. Australia in the international arena. And 
In last week's Saturday Age, Fernandez Clinton Fernandez was asked whether Australia should purchase US bombers or push ahead with the AUKUS deal. And his answer was, and I quote, we are not buying submarines. We are subsidizing the US Navy's submarine budget. Mm. And about the 50,000 US troops he predicted possibly being based in northern Australia by the end of 2020. Fernandez believes Fernandez believes that, and again I quote, Australians must have more to say in these questions. Yeah. Unquote. And it looks as if our new ambassador to the US will Kevin Rudd will have his hands full. And he was not that long ago being heard to say that uh, the Americans basically don't mind throwing their friends under the bus. Yes. So we're coming to the end of our program, but meanwhile, let's hope our own mainstream media can catch up with all of this and do its job. Um, let's have less comic book heroes and villain stuff and more analysis. Or, or at the very least, include the acts of US villainy if we're to go down the goodies and baddies path, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this is important as we need to be informed and forewarned if we are to resist becoming a mere military outpost of the US in its efforts to secure its ongoing world dominance. Mm. For our community announcements, because we are at the end of our program, we like to tell listeners about the Tunner Minner Wait and Malboy Hinner commemoration broadcast on Friday the 20th of January, just a few days before Invasion Day, officially still known as Australia Day. In 1842, two indigenous freedom fighters, Tanamina Waite and Malbo Hinner, were the first men executed in Victoria for resisting the British colonization of their lands and the destruction of the people, of their people and their way of life. The Tanamina Waite and Malbo Hinner Commemoration Committee invites you to the Tanamina Waite and Malbo <laughs> Hinner Commemoration. <laughs> At midday Friday, Friday the 20th of January 2023 on the corner of Victoria Street and Franklin Street, Melbourne. You can listen live from 12 to 1 p.m. on 3CR or join the crowd in the city for the full event. Details can be found on the 3CR website. And sorry, Jack, I spoke of you, so I'll just say again, at midday, mm-hmm. Friday the 20th of January, uh, 2023 on the corner of Victoria Street and Franklin Street. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio and supporting our program. If you want to send us a message, you can do that by emailing borderlands, borders at borderlands.org.au. Our past programs are available on podcast and your favourite platform or via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Which is your favourite website, of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Milkumana!
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.